Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Top of the hour here on Sports Grid, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Davis Maddock, NFL free agency is in full swing, and the official contracts will be signed over the next week or two. Davis, really, the New England Patriots have made their presence felt in the first 48 hours of free agency. No one's entirely sure what they are doing, but the one thing that we knew is they did not have any weapons for Cam Newton going into 2021 as of 72 hours ago. Now they have Jonu Smith. Now they have Hunter Henry. And now they have Nelson Aguilar. I guess the question is, is this the correct way to build an offense in 2021? So I really like the tight end signings. I think that the McDaniels offense has worked best when they had one really good blocking tight end and one really good receiving tight end. You know, Gronkowski. I mean, Gronkowski is a unicorn. I mean, he's more touchdowns per game in his career than Randy Moss and that includes you know a season where he played 16 games and caught four touchdowns he you're not going to replicate him with Hunter Henry or Jonu Smith but I really like those signings what I'm worried about them doing is giving guaranteed money to replacement level players right I don't really see a difference between Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers for example and I think their resources would have been better spent rolling with Jacoby Myers and Demir Bird and then spending $17 million a year on Smith Schuster or $14.5 million a year on Corey Davis instead of kind of splitting the difference in signing both Bourne and Aguilar. And by the way, this is a pretty strong wide receiver class coming in. Guys like Rashad Bateman and Rondale Moore, I think are going to be second round picks, pretty attainable by the Patriots. And I would have liked to have seen them go that direction instead but i there will be people who criticize the tight end signings i think those are mostly fine all right let's get to our headlines here on the show ryan fitzpatrick and his fitzmagic rolling on to washington on a one-year deal the reports say that he is the starter and taylor heineke will compete with him for that but no question having fitzpatrick at quarterback for the washington football team more of a downfield passing threat than anyone they've had there in a while Utah-Boston tonight, that's part of the seven-game NBA slate. We just discussed that. You can hit the rewind button or go back and watch that on demand. We previewed that game. Unfortunately, six officials sent home from Indianapolis due to a COVID-positive test, and that, of course, means new officials will have to show up. And then here was the interesting note that was brought along very late yesterday. Eugenio Suarez, the third baseman for the Cincinnati Reds, is going to play shortstop today for the Cincinnati Reds. Now, the Reds did not do a ton to attack this position in the offseason, and that seems to be pretty evident with the manager, David Bell, saying they would like to see what Suarez looks like at short. 
uh, we're going to take this opportunity in the camp just to see him play a little bit it's short and kind of just go from there. If nothing else, it, um, if nothing else, it's good for him. And it also, you know, creates more flexibility with our infield. And um, we've, we've all seen him play a lot of shortstop over the last couple of years in the shift. Um, but you now obviously starting the game there, that would be, that'll be his primary position tomorrow. Um, against right-handed hitters as well. So um, we're looking forward to seeing it. He's, uh, I think he's looking forward to it. And uh, it's not like he's never done it before. He has a history and a lot of experience there. Davis, it's it's not very often when like the fantasy bell rings in my head, but this is one. Like if you're moving mm -hmm. this guy to short, you're creating a whole nother dynamic for a player that I've been in love with. I know he got hurt last year, but like this is a 50 home run guy, maybe playing shortstop this season. And it, I just have to pay more attention to it. Even if he only gets 15 or 20 starts at that position, I suppose two things, Davis, I read into here. Number one, I need to move up Suarez a little bit just on the off chance that he plays shortstop. And number two, I need to move down everybody at shortstop for the Cincinnati Reds because you don't try this unless you're really dissatisfied with results. Yeah, I mean... Adding the shortstop eligibility is big because that gives him middle infield and corner infield. Uh, it matters more in a format like we're doing here with the Raz Slam. But if you look at the guys who are expected to get shortstop plate appearances for the Reds, I mean, these guys are not good, right? It's like Kyle, it's like Kyle Farmer, uh, D Strange Gordon. You know, it's, I mean, these are, I, I actually, I actually like D Gordon. So I guess maybe I, I shouldn't be, I, I shouldn't, uh, I love I love those speed first guys I I do but um and, and maybe this is a way for them to give more plate appearances to some other guys right uh like and and versatility is always good this is what the Reds do they want or not the Reds the Rays they want all their guys to be able to play all the positions so they can give plate appearances to everybody but adding shortstop eligibility I think is huge for Suarez for the the NFBC main event no doubt about it. Yeah, and, and especially also in the NL formats, too, because uh, I got a draft coming up this Sunday and definitely has to be accounted for. He got hurt. I believe he hurt his shoulder in spring training of 2020, the first spring training, and was going to be out for a while anyway. Didn't look like the same guy last year. But uh, going into the season, the Westgate had the home run totals for every player posted. This was the only one that I bet over. And I got my money back because it you know, never ended up happening. But this was this is a player that I was really bullish on simply for the home runs and nothing else, not worrying about average or, or stolen bases or anything like that. But I'm very curious how this is going to work today. And I think that if you have a draft coming up, you should be paying attention to that, too. All right. Coming up next, the San Francisco Giants have a pretty compelling story from Brandon Belt, not only just injury, but sickness as well. Uh, kind of wild what's happened to him in the offseason. We'll talk about their first base competition coming up next. Also, we'll have a Raz Slam update, pick 16 through 19 in our NFBC draft. Find out who I took, Davis, and our producer, Brett Levy. That's next.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back. The San Francisco Giants have an interesting first base competition going on. Normally, a Giants first base position would be manned by Brandon Belt, as it feels like it has for a long period of time. But this is a story that I felt like I had to bring out on the show today. So Brandon Belt did a media interview the other day, uh, said that he got COVID back in January and was slowed by that. In February, got mono. And now here in March, he's recovering from a heel injury. The, all of the, these three things happened to him in 2021. Belt said that he would love to be ready by opening day, but at this point, we're just not sure. I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to say. I mean, this whole time, I really thought I was going to be probably a couple of weeks late. Um, you know, nothing too crazy, um, but I didn't really – I don't know if I expected to be on time. I was going to try to be on time for opening day, but I didn't know if that was going to happen or not. I'm still kind of in the same situation. You know, I, I don't know if I'll make it to opening day, but I'm, I'm going to try my hardest to, to get there. And if I'm a, a couple of weeks late, then that's just what it has to be. Davis, I have a feeling that's what it's going to have to be. So let's take a look at the first base competition of who could be starting opening day and playing the first couple of weeks for the Giants. I think this bumps Wilmer Flores a little bit if people aren't paying attention in the NFBC, his ADP is 385. He's coming off a good year. Darren Ruff is sort of that guy that came back from overseas, and you're wondering, can he continue to play like he did a little bit last year? I have interest in actually both of these players. My, my only concern, Davis, is that you're playing in a league where you can't get guys in and out of the lineup every day, meaning you set your lineup for the week, and then you're done. I don't know that I want anyone here because Kapler likes to mess around with that lineup constantly, takes guys in and out of it. You're playing in the format like we're doing in the NFBC. Yeah, I I think it's worth throwing a dart at Flores or even at Darren Ruff. But Belt also coming toward the end of his contract with the Giants and honestly probably coming toward the end of his career. 
I uh, I just I like Darren Ruff. Uh, I I've talked about this on the show before, but I I got big into the KBO during you know during that time mm-hmm. frame when we had literally nothing else to do, and Ruff was like he was like the the Mike Trout of the KBO, just thirty home runs, stealing bases, hit above three hundred, and and I know that the KBO is obviously you know it's not uh, it's not the highest of the high, but I I think he does have a little bit of of a skill set. I mean, he walked a ton for the Giants last year when he came back over from the KBO and you you like the guy getting uh the you know against left-handed pitching cuz when Darren Ruff plays like you just expect he's going to play against left-handed pitching. I agree in a daily lineups league it makes more sense you can move him in and out, but he should just be the weak side platoon and that should like make his numbers better. Like that's what you would think. Yeah, and, and look, Flores is, is a viable hitter wherever he goes. He's just not defensively, even though he plays all over the place. I don't anybody, think anybody looks at him as above average. Maybe they do. I'm not sure. But regardless of that, I, I think that just pay attention to that for those of you who are doing late drafts and obviously counting on Belt to open the season with the big league team seems to be questionable at best. But what a crazy story. COVID, mono, and a bad heel in three months. That's That's a lot to overcome. I wouldn't be here on the show, that's for sure. All right, Raz Slam update. Here are my picks round 16, 17, and 18 in this what feels like 100-round draft, somewhere in the 50s. Uh, Miles Straw I took in the 16th round. I was just so angry that I did not get him in my last draft that I probably drafted him about four rounds too high, but I don't care. I want him on my team this year, and so there we have it. Uh, taking a look at it, Brendan Rogers, I took Davis, which obviously now looks like a busted pick. I believe he may end up starting the season on the injured list. He hurt his hamstring the other day. I'm so frustrated with Brendan Rogers. My gosh, he was like top three pick in the draft. He just has not been able to stay on the field. So bad pick by me in the 17th round. And then I did take somebody later on to once he got hurt to make sure I got another backup second baseman, backup third baseman. And then Yadier Molina, I got nothing to add there. I just needed a catcher and he was available. Yeah, I mean, taking these catchers, it's so boring. We'll, we'll talk more about catchers as we continue on in the draft. I took I took another one as well. Like the Miles Straw pick, I think that he is obviously better in this format because you're not having to worry about his batting average. You'll you'll only get his scores the weeks where he steals like four bases uh, or you know scores like ten runs over the course of a week or something like that. Don't have don't have any issues. Don't have anything. Also, have nothing to say about Yachty. I I don't think that Rogers selection will be as bad as you think. It sounds like he is not like super injured. Sounds like sounds like it's it's uh like a two to three week thing as opposed to like a four to six week thing. Not a good pick. Bottom line, but. Uh, there I am. Listen, the same thing happened to you. You're going to see this here. Let's take a look at Davis's picks here. And in his 16th, 17th, and 18th, Rymel Tapia of the Colorado Rockies, Aaron Savali, who I loved last year. I kind of like him again this year for Cleveland. I think he can take a big step. And then TJ Antone, who has been one of the guys being talked about by the people who follow pitching and smart pitching. But we are two weeks away from the season, and Antone is now injured. So the question is, will he be ready for opening day? I I tend to lean when this sort of happens to a pitcher and it's so close that they start the season on the injured list. So look, it's a long season. This is the perfect format to still have a guy to take a shot on at this point. But I I think this happened, Davis, after you took him. So I suppose the question would be, knowing what you know now, would you have changed your pick? Like, for example, I definitely would have taken somebody other than Rodgers. I don't know if you feel the same way on Antone. I think he's going to be okay, but first week or two, I, I don't see it for him. 
Yeah, the the team said they expect him to make his next start. I would short that. I think they probably have him miss a start in spring training. I would not have taken him where I took him, and I took him really early relative to where he's been going. When I took him, he he was really not even guaranteed uh, a starting spot. I think now with Sonny Gray scheduled to miss a couple mm-hmm. starts, I think that he probably is locked into a rotation spot right now. I also I think that he will just replace Wade Miley's rotation spot at some point over the course of the year. I really wanted to get Antone in this draft, so like I don't hate it, but I would have waited a round or two, I think, knowing that uh, he was going to suffer this groin injury. Yeah, these players like Antone always fascinate me because either they become viable fantasy pitchers or they become Nick Pavetta, you know, and I've been hearing about Nick Pavetta for years too. Uh, Okay, now over to our producer, Brett Levy. Look at Brett Levy getting very active on the prospect market with picks 16, 17, and 18. He picks up Aaron Hicks from the New York Yankees, who's going to bat right in the middle of that lineup. Seemed like some pretty good value there. Carlos Santana Davis will have only good things to say because he's on the Kansas City Royals. And then Brett on the 18th pick took Andrew Vaughn, the potential first baseman either for now or in the future for the Chicago White Sox. Brett, that's the pick that I want to ask you about. We have not talked a lot about Andrew Vaughn here on this show. So uh, why did you choose to go that route there? Clearly, it it looks like a pretty high upside pick, maybe even someone you could have gotten a little bit later, but that's not important. We want to know why you like him. Yeah, I mean, he's been batting DH uh, for the White Sox in spring training, Craig, and he's looked pretty good. He's making solid contact, put a few balls over the fence, and um, we've talked a lot on this show about how we think the White Sox are going to be a pretty good team this year, uh, winning a lot of games, scoring a lot of runs. So I thought it was a good opportunity to take uh, a young bat in that lineup uh, pretty late. And I really was excited to get Aaron Hicks in the 16th round, the number three bat in the Yankees lineup. Uh, being there in the 16th round, I couldn't believe it. So uh, those were two picks I really liked, and uh, I just had to take a Royal so Davis couldn't have all the Royals. Yeah, and, and Davis, Vaughn is a really interesting player going into the season, and to me it's like a huge boomer bust type pick because he has almost no major league experience to be getting this experience that he's getting now because of the shortened season he was a very high draft pick of the white Sox. but brett did mention a couple of things there that are key the white Sox are built to win right now and if andrew Mm -hmm. vaughn does not hit and hit immediately this guy is going to triple a and we are not going to see him for the rest of the season Uh, not to mention i think eloy jimenez is better off playing designated hitter if vaughn hits davis could be a huge pick. He's another guy I could see having a 30 home run season, or I could see honestly uh, hitting 30 home runs in AAA. But we got to take chances in the league. That's what Brett did. That's our look at the Raz Slam. Coming up next, another hot player in spring training is Bobby Witt Jr. It's going to cost you four figures to get his auto rookie in a PSA 10. Josh Cohen joins us next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, 
Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Today, as always, each and every Tuesday, we have our friend Josh Cohen from PC Sports Cards and PCSportsCards.com. Of course, it is a wonderful time to be involved in sports cards and just kind of going through some of the hot cards, players to buy now potentially, maybe even players to sell now. Always we talk grading too on the show. Josh and his company submit more cards to PSA to get graded than anyone else in the country. I know that that has come to a little bit of a pause at the moment, Josh. It's just been, I know, a wild 2021 for you, and I'm sure that we'll be hearing about you submitting again soon. So thank you for having me. Let me start by saying I'm heartbroken. Um, I thought last night we were going to get that call and ASU was going to make the tournament, but we didn't get there. It was close. I know we were on the bubble for a long time in November, and, uh, yeah, it's slowed down a little bit right now, so that's not a bad thing, though. Yeah, so everyone needs a break in life, too, and uh, I took one a couple of weeks ago. I'll be off on Friday and Monday for the NCAA tournament. Uh, Josh also is in the Raz Slam with us. We're going to go over his picks in just a minute, but we have you on the show to talk sports cards, and so where I'm going to begin is, of course, we have Josh Spring training off and running. We're about halfway done, a couple of weeks left before opening day, and it seems like in terms of baseball and in terms of prospects, Nobody is hotter right now than Bobby Witt Jr. of the Kansas City Royals. His cards are reaching some pretty astronomical numbers for a guy that hasn't even played one day in the big leagues. Yeah, we're seeing that a lot. It's actually the more surprising thing about a prospect being hot and his cards going up are the markets now. It used to be that if you were in a small market like Kansas City or like Tampa or like San Diego, it would be a lot harder for your prices to really go up. But we're seeing guys like... Tatis obviously had a great whatever last season was. Bobby Witt and Wander Franco are out of control price-wise, and they play on two of the smallest markets out there. So what would you do at this point? Because I know that there are a lot of people who bought and graded Bobby Witt Jr.'s cards. Now to see them in a PSA 10 autograph in you know over $1,000, sometimes even $2,000, I mean, what is the strategy here, Josh? Do you wait until he plays in the big leagues and then sell them? Do you wait long term for him to be a Hall of Famer? Or do you just say, you know what, this is the highest it's ever going to be based on speculation? So it used to be you'd want to sell on call up because it was really, really hard for somebody to become even more valuable than they were at call up. I know I was telling you earlier about seven or eight years ago, Mike Trout was the only Bowman Chrome Auto that was over $1,000 or even near $1,000. And now we have so many of them. And so many of them are young players. And we've seen people explode like Tatis, Acuna, Soto when they were good. And we saw Vlad last year fall back a little bit. So it really depends on what your risk tolerance is, right? What did you pay for that card? How much are you going to make? 
do you really believe in Bobby Witt? If you really believe in him to be the next young superstar in the league, why aren't you holding it? It's going to go up. If you don't believe in him, you know, it could be Chris Bryant. It could be Correa. It could be Buxton. It could be Vlad. All those guys really didn't do much when they came up. I mean, Bryant was great, and he had a great first year. But then since then, it's all been downhill. So Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and so that, that begs me to my next question is is that we're almost approaching the season here, and we know that a lot of those great young rookies, and, and not just Bobby Witt, eventually when he makes his debut, Jared Kellenick also will make his debut this season, and you know, what we've seen rookies in the past, we saw a, a huge spike in numbers in terms of finances when you talk about the prices for Jordan Alvarez and Pete Alonso, now they have come back a little bit. Where is the baseball market at right now for you? Is it a buy market, sell market, hold market? Um, I'm selling the commodity type cards. I'm selling the updates. I'm selling a lot of those cards right now. We bought them. I just sold a lot of five Nolan Arenado PSA 10 rookies for a thousand bucks that I paid 115 bucks for each one of them. So just under 600 two months ago, right? I'm still making my money. I still have a few left in case he has another all-star MVP type season and probably see an increase there. But these young guys, if you have profits in them, take them and and sort of dollar cost average across other things. And now is when we're starting to see the buying happen for teams that are going to make playoff runs, Harden, or we're seeing the buying for teams that, or we're seeing the football buying for quarterbacks, Herbert Burrow and uh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah. So we're starting to see those guys get bought up now. Because baseball's coming, so now it's like, oh, what am I going to prospect on next, right? Yeah, yeah. And by the way, as it, as it pertains to football, we saw when Matthew Stafford was traded, his cards just spike, go way up. Uh, you know, I, I think that there's some people that are speculating on Deshaun Watson and, and Russell Wilson. But this week, Josh, as you know, is a huge week for NFL free agency. So do you just anticipate, simply put, whoever signs with another team blindly, it doesn't matter, that those guys are going to go up? Like, is Kenny Galladay's card going to go up $500 this week? No, I mean, if it, I don't know I don't know what quarterbacks are out there right now that are waiting to get just signed. Um, but if it's a big-name quarterback and they go to a big-name team, then sure, they're going to go up. But that goes back to that conversation about the Royals and the Rays being, it doesn't matter what market you're in now because you're just in the sports card market. So if they sign and people get excited, they're going to go up. But I don't see I don't see receivers, running backs, and those guys exploding. Might see ten percent tick up, five percent tick up because you like that team, so you're going to buy that guy's rookie card or whatever. But nothing. I don't I don't expect anything crazy to happen. All right. Before we get to the the card that I submitted that I got back recently, I, I know that in our guest the grade we did a Scotty Pippen rookie card, so it's really an interesting one because it got a half grade. So stay tuned to that. But but the dynamic that you have going on right now is one of the premier companies in the country that submit cards to PSA to get graded. I know that you guys have taken a a, a short break from that in March just to kind of wait and see where the pricing is going to land. But that was a really hot topic of conversation, Josh, over the last couple of weeks, because I think that there are some people, maybe like myself, that's sort of in a holding pattern, not really sure what to do. But it it seems the dynamic of grading has changed because you would think that any graded card by PSA right now in your hands has to have gone up because the prices have gone up to grade the cards. Do you kind of see it the same way where every investment is now a good investment when it comes to that? I mean, anything coming back, as long as it's in a good grade, so good is obviously dependent on what era we're talking, right? Vintage, modern, ultra-modern, all those have different parameters for what a good grade is. 
But if, I mean, if you got an ultra modern card and it got a four, it's not better off being in a PSA holder than sure. not being in a PSA holder. Um, but based on the new pricing, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what people are going to send in for set collecting, registry collecting, or just to flip based on the time that it's going to take to get those cards back. You know, you know, you're going in for a long time if you're sending those cards in right now, or you know, you're paying a premium to get them back faster. Yeah. So it's there's no middle ground right now, which is I think a good thing. Yeah. So. No. Yeah. It'll be really interesting, and and I and I think that for your company and for all individuals who are submitting as well, this is a sort of like a test bubble period. I think for the next six months to see if the company can kind of get those cards back in the people's hands faster. I know that we uh, all want that for sure, especially with some competition now, some grading companies. Depending on how people feel about competition, there's some competition in the grading world as well. All right. So Scotty Pippen, uh, I submitted this a couple of months ago to you. Uh, Transparency-wise, I've had this now for a couple of weeks. Josh took the week off last week. But here it is. It's a Scottie Pippen rookie card. <laughs> and, and Josh, I got an eight and a half. So this is the first card that I have sent in any kind of higher-end submission, meaning an express submission, paid more than 30 40 bucks a card to get graded, that came back with a half grade. And and I just have not seen this that much with you or even with PSA. I pro- the amount of times I've gotten back a half grade, I can count on one hand. So this is an eight and a half. What does that do to the card? Um, yeah, it is a rare grade. I mean, I know I bought a Magic Bird rookie that was a seven and a half. And there's only, with all the graded rookies out there for that card, they're only like 14, seven and a half, which is crazy. Um, it does have a, pr- a big premium over an eight for you. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's not going to be quite worth what a nine is worth. But it is interesting because they don't give a lot of half point grades. So it was fun. It was also very fun to call you and have you guess the grade, guess the grade. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I guess I, I guess like five, I couldn't believe that it was a half grade. I mean, Josh called me on the phone. He's like, take a guess. It's not a 10. OK, nine. No, eight. No, seven. Are you kidding me? No, six. No. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait a second. What's going on? Yeah, that the half grade is definitely interesting. Do you, do you find that there are some. I would say like old school collectors that won't get a half grade, that won't accept a half grade, or that just doesn't exist. Maybe that's no, a- that doesn't exist. But there are people that try to put together. They call it a rainbow. Basically, they try to get every grade of a certain card. So mm-hmm. when there's only ten or twelve or fourteen of them, that's why you get a, a, a relatively good premium on that card because they don't exist. And if people are really trying to put it together and get every grade for some reason, because everybody collects how they want to collect. So right. yeah. Yeah. All right. So so your Raz Slam team is underway. Let's look at how you built your team. You took <laughs> Freddie Freeman in the first round, Francisco Lindor in the second, Luis Castillo third, Corey Seager fourth, and uh, then Tyler Glass now looks like your, your fifth uh, player here. So two pitchers, three hitters to start your Raz Slam draft. Why did, why did you make those picks? So the first two, Freddie Freeman seemed like a, based on how the points are, Freddie Freeman with his high average, hit for power, drive runs in, middle of that lineup, made sense in the first round. Lindor, I I wanted, but I didn't want to wait. He obviously wasn't going to make it back to me in the third round, so I sort of reached because I'm at the end of the draft. Um, Seager, I'm okay with. I didn't want him, but I'm okay with him. What happened was I slept through my uh, picks because I got my second shot the day before, and I was sleeping for... 30 out of 36 hours, and I auto-picked that and Luis Castillo, so I have no uh, no comment on why I took either of those guys. I really wanted Arenado, but he wasn't there anymore, so I couldn't take him um, when it came back to me. And then, again, looking at the points, strikeouts, and I think Tyler Glasnow has a lot of upside, especially with the Rays and all that stuff. He's going to be a good pitcher. He was, he's been good since he came up. 
huge strikeout numbers, so that's why I went for him. All right. Well, Josh, thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks for being in the draft, and congrats on getting the uh, vaccinations done. Thank you for all of that. All right. Well, Josh Cohen, of course, on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube, and uh, post some great videos of the reveals of the cards as well. We'll talk to Josh again next week right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Make sure you stay on the grid. We'll be back with Davis in just two minutes. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today, SportsGrid, SportsGrid.com. Craig Mish, Davis Maddock, we carry you all week long. Today it is, I think, getting closer to the point where I think most people are focusing in on the NCAA tournament. So from a programming standpoint here on our show, Davis and I will be here on Wednesday and Thursday. Davis will be here Friday, noon to 4 Eastern, as he covers the NCAA tournament and the all the fun that is, the brackets and March Madness. And I know, Davis, you're looking forward to that. Who, who are you co-hosting with this Friday for, while, while I'm at the, the ballpark? Uh, it's going to be three of us. I know my guy, Mike Blewett, is going to be on there. I know Joe Lisi is going to be on there. And I think they have a couple other guys rotating in with us as well. I'll be on uh, from 12 to 4 on Friday and on Monday. I have my uh, my nine-team parlay in for all of the games that are going to be on when I am on in-game live. You know, I mean, look, if I'm going to be on in-game live sweating college basketball, you better believe I'm going to have plenty of action out to, uh, to you know, to, to provide the sweat equity while we do the show. Yeah, only way to do it for sure. Tune in Friday, starting at noon. Our coverage begins Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, right here on Sports Grid. Should be a lot of fun. All right, now let's end the show with a little fantasy or reality, as we always do. Boy, this was really compelling when I saw this, that uh, the the fantasy reality statement today is as follows. The average golfer will hit a hole-in-one in their lifetime. The numbers that I saw here were just kind of staggering, but before I get into that, Davis, let me go to you. Fantasy reality, this is, this is accurate. <clears throat> 
so I guess it depends on how you define average, but I actually think this should be a reality. Um, according to the USGA, the odds of making a hole in one on, you know, just your standard par three, 150 yards, it's about 13,000 to one. So just if you, if you struck those odds out, you know, how many times does a golfer get out on a par three in their life? If you've played about 13,000 holes of par threes over the course of your life, you should be able to get one. And so I, I will say the average golfer can expect to do it once over the course of playing, you know, 30, 40 years. Boy, the data really shows that if you do play that often, you have a shot. But I think the average person does not play that often. Play, play Boy, enough, this is tough. right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say fantasy. Uh, I don't know a lot of people that have done it. But then again, I'm, I'm in the playing less than average, I think, than most. So I'll say fantasy. But I am. have you ever done it, Davis? I guess that is really the question here. Have you, have you ever had a hole-in-one? I have hit the pin on, mm. I, I know the exact hole, Royal Meadows in Kansas City. It's about 140-yard par three from the whites. It rolled on the green about 10 feet, hit the pin, and bounced off the pin. I have a, I have oh. a better anecdote, though. My great-grandpa played his whole life, like literally probably played 70 years of golf, never, ever got a hole-in-one. His wife would play with him once or twice a year. She was okay, you know, playing from the ladies' tees and everything, and she got two hole-in-ones in her life, and he never he died without getting one. Not the story I wanted to end on the show today, Davis. Very sad. <laughs> All right. All right. Wait, what, what an uplifting story there, Davis. Thank you. Grandpa died. Grandma got it. All right. Uh, fantasy <laughs> or reality, let's move on to the NFL. The New England Patriots have signed virtually everyone who's been available thus far in free agency. Davis brought up Kendrick Bourne before. I didn't even notice that they signed Kendrick Bourne or else I would have brought him up. Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith. They've completely redone the offense. Cam Newton is back. They will make the playoffs due to all these moves in 2021. I'm sorry, folks. I know, I know we have a lot of people in the Northeast who watch who watch Sports Grid or who, who are tuned in on the show. I, I really do think that the roster as it stands now is not a playoff roster. Um, I think the mm -hmm. defense is obviously solid. I think that Belichick and McDaniels are very good at their jobs. I mean, Belichick is the best in-game coach in the NFL and probably the best defensive play caller in the NFL. I think they have a lot of advantages that are hard to quantify in terms of strategy. This offense, it would need Cam to play like the pre-COVID Cam from last year or for them to draft Mac Jones, Trey Lance, mm -hmm. and, and be ready for that guy to start and be ready for that guy to be good. I, I think the big issue here is the AFC is much tougher than the NFC, and the Buffalo Bills are not going anywhere. I expect the Dolphins are going to be good again. So I, I think that this is a, a tougher division than people think. I'm, I'm saying that this is a fantasy. Yeah, I think, I think it's also a fantasy. I feel like, at least the way that I sense this, is this is one last fleeting attempt for Bill Belichick. I know that no one has talked about it. He has said that he wants to still maintain and be there. I think this is it. I, I think that this was just a last gasp. Let's give it one more shot. 
The Bucks did it. Why can't we? Let's just throw money at everything that's possible that's out there. I don't think any of these players are still on the Patriots in three years. So I guess they're going to go with Cam Newton. My opinion would change for sure, Davis, if they drafted one of those quarterbacks that you mentioned. Then I could see Belichick wanting to stick around. But if they don't, this smells to me like a one-year Belichick is gone after 2021 and it's time to start over in New England. And I know that that's painful to say for some people, but I think so. I'm going to say fantasy. Uh, I, I know that they, you know, there was one game last year. They really should have won against Buffalo. Newton fumbled it at the end of the game. They, they looked mm-hmm. like a nine and seven team up until like December, but I, I think they're about eight and eight. And I don't think that that's good enough to get in the playoffs. You mentioned the key there. The AFC is, is really tough. So fantasy for me, even with these additions. All right. Now, on Monday, the Oscar-nominated movies were announced, and clearly this is a year where if you didn't go to the movies in January or February, you probably didn't go to the movies at all in 2020. In fact, I don't know anyone who saw a movie in person starting about March of 2020. But that being said, some of these were on digital, some of these were on demand. Fantasy or Reality, Davis, you have seen one movie that has been nominated for the 2020 Academy Awards. Yeah, this is a fantasy, and it's not because I haven't watched any movies. There were, uh, you know, I, I remember ordering, you know, on Amazon Prime, they had movies that came out like bas- like direct to streaming, basically. You paid 20 bucks and you were able to get them. But I, you know, I'm sitting here looking at some of these nominated movies, and I, I just have not seen any of these. And I'm... I'm like a movie guy. I, I enjoy movies. I, I love going to the movies, you know, before pre-coronavirus, I, I would love to go. Now, I probably skew a little bit in my in my movie taste, probably not towards like Academy Award nominated movies. I mean, you know, I, I like some, you know, truly great movies, but, you know, I, I enjoy my Star Wars, Scorsese movies, gangster movies, right? You know, Goodfellas and all that stuff. But, yeah, no, none of these. For Best Picture, uh, The Father, Mank, Minari, Nomad, none of these. I, I did not see any of these. So this this is a fantasy. Yeah, I, I did not see any of these movies either. So it is a, a fantasy for me. I can't believe that is the case. Usually I'm good for, like, one of the movies going into the Academy Awards. I believe it's in late March uh, or April, but I have seen none. Uh, one of the actors is is in a movie uh, or is in a TV show that I've seen. Stephen Yeun, who was in The Walking Dead, is in one of these movies. So maybe that's the only real compelling reason, Davis, that I would tune in to potentially see this. But, and I was a very big Walking Dead fan. Like, I really enjoyed that show. I, I stopped watching it, I don't know, a couple of years ago. But he is in it. Beyond that, Davis, I have seen none of them. I don't even know if you know any of the actors in these movies. But I'm, I'm hopeful that 2021 will be able to go back to the movies. I, I do know that they are open again. But I haven't heard, have you heard of any, like, big film being in the theaters? In recently, like in the past few months, I, I know Coming to America went right to streaming. Borat went right to streaming. But am I missing like a really good movie that has gone to the theaters? Well, the big one that I remember there being a big stink about was Tenet, the Christopher Nolan film, the the time travel, uh, multiple timeline movie. And he was very insistent that that movie go to theaters 
before it went direct to streaming. Now, obviously, the studio lost a ton of money. It made no money. No one was going to the movies, uh, you know, back in like October, November, December when it came out. But it, I think it did pretty decent streaming. And I, I that was one of the movies that I, I, I think it was 1999 I paid for on Amazon Prime. I watched it. I, I thought it was all right. But that was that was the one big movie I remember that was like massively marketed that was actually in movie theaters and that you you had to go there to see it before it was available via any streaming service. Yeah, I'm a big fan of him as a director. I heard that movie was very hard to follow. I didn't even give it a shot. Maybe I should, but I heard it was very hard. Is that true? Uh, it was very hard to follow. It definitely, if you went back to watch it a second time, I think, would make more sense. And no one loves to make movies like that. You know, Inception, obviously, with the, the multiple timelines mm -hmm. and all the stuff going on there. Very similar. I, I tend to like Christopher Nolan movies. I, I probably liked Tenet a little bit more than the reviewers. And I, I enjoy, you know, I enjoy a good convoluted plot as much as uh, as much as the next guy but it, i mean it was it was okay like inception was a better film than tenet i thought yeah i loved inception i thought that was great all right uh, let's go back real quick before we get to the sports grid 60 on nfl free agency who do you think we'll be talking about tomorrow davis you think galladay ends up signing with someone i know Corey davis signed with the jets it feels like he is one of the bigger names that is out there am i missing a, a big name well, the guy I really want to see sign is Juju Smith-Schuster. I don't want to dig through my stack, but I bought a couple PSA 10s of, of him. I think that he is a perfect fit in some of these modern NFL offenses that want to throw 45 times a game, lots of short throws. He can play the slot or he can play outside. People are pretty down on him based off his last two years, but his age-adjusted production, I mean, as a 21-year-old as a in the NFL, he was doing things that you know really hadn't been done in terms of per game production since Randy Moss. I, I would really, I mean, in my, in my truly deep wishes, I would like for the Chiefs to be able to carve out the cap room for him to replace Sammy Watkins with Smith Schuster. The other thing I would like to see is him signing in Miami down in your neck of the woods and them trading for Deshaun Watson. I think that would be a really smart use of resources. But I, I bet tomorrow we have Galladay and Smith Schuster signed somewhere. Wow. Okay. Hopefully so, because I think that's the fun part of free agency. What's interesting is that Drew Rosenhaus, who is one of the more prominent free uh, agents, excuse me, of all time, essentially had almost all of his clients agree to terms on day one, all of his bigger clients. So I don't know what that means for the free agency landscape, but he got all of his business pretty much done in advance. And now we'll see what the market looks like moving forward some of these other players no doubt all right well we got the sports grid 60 coming up next so make sure you stay on the grid for that on tomorrow's show we'll continue taking a look at spring training uh, look at our season win totals as well so make sure you do that with us as we get closer to march madness on thursday and friday we'll also take a look at the odds as they move over on FanDuel in order to win the ncaa tournament and, and the top seeds and things of that nature so make sure you stay tuned to that as well Oriole General Manager Mike Elias is going to be on our show on Thursday. I believe we'll have Marlins manager Don Mattingly on the show next Tuesday and still working on some other things as well. Make sure you like and subscribe to our show if you're watching us on demand on YouTube. And also don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at SportsGrid and at SportsGrid Radio. We'll be back to wrap up the show with a little SportsGrid 60 right after this. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Craig Mitch, David Maddox. It is Fantasy Sports Today. We'll be right back here on tomorrow's show. Another season win total in Major League Baseball. Getting closer to March Madness and the NCAA tournament. NFL free agency, of course, is off and running and creates some really good conversations. So make sure you join us tomorrow. But before we leave today, let's turn it over to Davis as he ends with his Sports Grid 60. Davis. So the Oklahoma City Thunder are, are actively tanking now. They are resting their, their older guys, giving Shea some nights off, giving Horford some nights off. And uh, the team is still finding a way to keep winning. They beat Memphis the other day on the, the strength of Alexei Pokushevsky's you know, best career game. And uh, I just wanted to take a moment to appreciate my main man, Sam Presky, who has given the Oklahoma City Thunder seven extra first round picks over the next five years and they own the rights to all of their own over that that same time frame if you're not a fan of an nba team you don't have one right now attach your wagon to shea gilgis alexander and the oklahoma city thunder because they are rebuilding the the dynasty after the you know i mean it is insane how many great players and mvps and future champions were on those early uh 2010s oklahoma city thunder rosters but that's that's just some appreciation for my guy sam presti today all right i'll end the show with this there's a lot of things that we don't know where they'll be in a year uh nfts cryptocurrency sports cards life in general we don't know the the one big question that i do have and and of course uh, ltn has done such a fantastic job of broadcasting our shows remotely is does anybody know where zoom is going to be in three months from now like all of these online conferencing things that have taken hold of us over the last year, are we continuing doing that or are they all going away when things get back to normal? It feels like we're closing in on a little normalcy. And I just kind of wonder, like, are all Major League Baseball teams going to just stop doing all their post games on Zoom? All the NFL conferences going to stop doing and yet like have to go? Are people going to go to things? Or are they going to want to go? Interesting. Uh, Thanks again to James at LTN, Brett, Danny, and Ryan for Davis. I'm Craig. See you tomorrow at noon online.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.